D-S-N-Y. So yeah, I'm just getting out of the way because you're mad. We'll, we'll just do that again. <laughs> um, so this is episode 78 of the Bleacher Creatures Yankees podcast presented by Elite Sports New York, Crossing Broad and Warwick Gaming. As always brought to you by Rivercrest NYC. Allison's mad. It's scary. Go. Okay, so just a little backstory. Of course, I am mad. You've seen it on Twitter probably today. I don't usually respond to the trolls, but I did. And I couldn't stop. Very, very bad thing that I tell James not to do all the time. So. Yeah, this time it was you who did not take your advice. The shoe is on the other foot. I couldn't help it. I had to because, but the problem is people just don't listen to logic. So. Regardless, Justin Turner of the Dodgers um, was taken out of game six of the World Series, the clinching game, due to a positive coronavirus test, and uh, managed to get back on the field for the celebration portion of the evening. Okay. Here's, Here's my more than two cents. It's probably more like 45 cents. We'll go with that. Here's my 45 cents. I wrote on Twitter about how Justin Turner was irresponsible, inconsiderate, and just plain dumb. I didn't say those exact words, but I kind of emphasized it, okay? You have a positive coronavirus test. You should not be allowed to go back out onto the field where your manager, Dave Roberts, is a cancer survivor, weakened immune system. You have other people out there, which include players, family members, other staff members, everyone there. And here's my problem with it. Obviously, I think it's a terrible idea to go back out on the field if you have a positive test. I don't care if you've been hanging out in the dugout with these players for the last, you know, seven innings before you got taken out. I think it was sixth inning he got taken out. So I don't care if you've been hanging out with them and it shouldn't matter because now these players have been in contact with him even more. He took off his mask for the picture, sitting next to Dave Roberts, which also was bad. He literally said, I'm feeling fine, guys. Okay, do you not understand what asymptomatic means? Someone literally on Twitter, and I will quote this, said asymptomatic means he's not a threat to anyone. And I said, oh my fucking God, what are you saying? Like, what? Where did that come from? I mean, it's a microcosm of our current society, uh, people who are just wildly, wildly misinformed about COVID-19 and either won't take it seriously or just refuse to adhere to really basic guidelines. Like, hey, if you're going into a grocery store for 15 minutes, just wear a mask. It's it's not going to stop you from breathing, I promise. And it's just going to respectful to everyone around you you're not going to risk getting the old lady in the produce section sick and she might die so you're not going to risk that so when justin turner does some bullshit 
like this, it's, I mean, it's a bad look for everybody involved. It really brings out the worst of Twitter, uh, as you've experienced, because you have COVID truthers coming out of the woodwork. You have, well, in this case, no, no, in no case, in no case is this okay. It's not, oh, well, Justin Turner, he accomplished so much. Yeah, but he could still get other people sick. Who could then get other people sick? And then who that could die? Dave Roberts, he is very prone to this. He should be concerned. Yeah, let's also put this into perspective from our point of view. So obviously we're Yankees fans. If the Yankees win the World Series, hell yeah, we want everyone out there celebrating. But if Aaron Judge did that, I'd be so pissed at him. Oh, I'd be furious. I'd be so mad. So here's the thing that I think everyone needs to remember, and it's become so very clear. As I typed that response, everyone was like, agreed, 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 except for one special tiny area of the internet, which would be Los Angeles Dodgers fans, said, well, once in a lifetime opportunity, which also, (laughs) winning a World Series, if you're good, shouldn't be a once in a lifetime opportunity. I am just saying we're Yankees fans, we're used to it. Regardless, do not blindly support your players just because they're on your team with whatever they do. Hold your own guys accountable for their actions. Do not defend someone who breaks the rules just because he's on your favorite team. I mean, you've heard it with us before with Domingo Herman, a world is Chapman. I have a really fucking hard time cheering for him because he is one of those guys that's not a good person off the field. Absolutely. Is, you have to look at these players and you have to hold them responsible for their actions because players like Domingo Herman, players that are involved in multiple scandals outside of the sport are being slandered. So why can't Justin Turner be slandered for basically doing what we've all done for the past, what has it been, seven months, eight months? I don't even know anymore. Time is just, time is a myth. I don't even know. I get that his team just won the World Series. I totally understand that. Like, I I get that and how sucky it would be to not be able to celebrate. But, dude, you have the entire offseason to celebrate with your teammates if you so choose to. They're not taking the World Series ring away from you. Lay a little lower and don't fucking go out on the field, take off your mask, start hugging everyone. Like, that is bullshit. People are like, oh, it's a false positive. Oh, he feels fine. That is what got us in this situation in the first place, okay? Absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's inexcusable. It's, it's inconsiderate to your teammates and their families. It's inconsiderate to Dave Roberts. It's inconsiderate to the stadium staff. I mean, it's inconsiderate to everyone who's had to put their lives on hold for the last six months because of, because of shit like this, where people don't take this seriously. And then you find out that, Hey, well, we thought we might be able to reopen schools in the fall, except every single day, the numbers get higher. The, pandemic is significantly worse than it is when we started closing things down and things are just opening because people are tired of it. Well, if you want to get rid of it, just take it seriously. I mean, wearing a mask is so easy. And that's another thing. Turner, when he took the, the team photo with a trophy, wasn't even wearing a mask. You could see him at multiple times in the celebration, just walking around maskless after a positive COVID test. I mean, at a bare minimum, bare minimum, at least wear the mask if you're not going to social distance, if you're not going to stay away from your teammates. We get it. This sucks. It is terrible. But like, just to, just to play devil's advocate here, I mean, 
I talked about this on Twitter too. People have missed other celebrations. They've changed their wedding dates, which is supposed to be a once in a lifetime thing, just saying. Um, they, they've missed meeting newborn grandchildren. They've missed saying goodbye to loved ones that were ill already because of this disease. And they've missed funerals. They haven't been able to celebrate the lives of the people that they love. They haven't been able to be a part of these people's lives, okay? So if they're not allowed to do that, I think you can just be a little bit more respectful of your team, of each other, of other people's families. I get that it's a celebration. I totally do understand that. But the problem is when you look at it from this situation, it almost seems like he's saying that the rules apply to everyone except for when it, it's something that affects what I want to do. Yeah, and that's just not the mentality you can have. And now, I mean, all his teammates, they, they can't just go home. They can't just leave the bubble, the MLB bubble, which, I mean, Trevor Bauer said it weeks ago. It was not a good bubble. Now, how, how COVID-19 even got into the bubble, that's a whole other problem because these players are supposed to be isolated. How it got there is a whole other thing. But now, I mean, you can't just put them on a plane and send them home. You have to have the really invasive test. Not like the, the real quick, like, let's take a temperature. Let's get like a quick test, see if you have definitely have it. Like he clearly got in game six when it was an unconfirmed uh, test. But now everyone's got to stay there and go through testing and stay quarantined after the season's over. They want to go home. They, they've been away from their homes for a month. It's, yeah, I, I've had a really hard time with this because – I just feel it's irresponsible, but so inconsiderate to so many different people. I mean, these people are going to be traveling all across the world, wherever they live, and they're going to be visiting their parents. They're going to be, if they have it, they are going to spread it around. So I get that he feels fine. And that's because he's an athlete and he probably has a pretty strong immune system. Um, but not everyone does. And I think that's the problem here. Um, I got very upset with responses from people. The fuck up, call me Karen, um, which I'm not Karen. My name is Allison. You're the opposite of a Karen. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I got some really nasty responses and a lot of people saying that well, you're just jealous because the Dodgers won the World Series. And I was like, joke's on you. I was rooting for the Dodgers. So. Yeah, shit, I wanted the race to lose. No, don't tell Padres Twitter I said that. Um, it's just, I mean, I it mean, went so quickly. It went so quickly from, oh, damn, like I feel really bad for Justin Turner. He's been working for this for so long. And then he doesn't get to celebrate. He doesn't get to rush the field. He doesn't get to do any of that. Like I feel really bad for him. Immediately switched to, this guy's an asshole. And I know he's not a bad person. Like he does a lot of stuff for the community. He, he does give back and, and things like that. So he's not a bad person. I just know that it was a heat of the moment decision. And what also gets me is he didn't apologize. And a lot of people said, well, if Dave Roberts or someone on the team had a problem with him being on the field, they should have told him. And I said, who wants to be that asshole that goes up to him and be like, I'm not comfortable with you being on the field with us. Get out. Yeah. No, one's going to do that. Who's and I mean, Jason, Jason Stark from the athletic, uh, he interviewed an epidemiologist to just kind of break down the whole situation. Yeah. No, I did that kind of research today. 
Um, and it was just one specific quote that was like, pure Justin Turner. Like this explains the whole thing and explains the whole problem with the MLB bubble in general. Uh, you can't rely on the player to make the smart decision in that circumstance. I'm sure Justin Turner might be a good guy. He made a stupid decision and he looks like an asshole for it. But I mean, there's no way that MLB should have allowed this to be possible. It shouldn't have even been remotely possible. Justin Turner should have been so far separated from everyone. He wouldn't have made it to the field at all by the time the celebration was done. Agreed. And he was just kind of waiting there, waiting for the game to finish. That's obviously the biggest story of the MLB offseason right there, the Justin Turner World Championship blunders. Uh, The second biggest story from that game was Blake Snell getting taken out way too early. And it kind of cost the Rays the game. I mean, their offense cost them the game. They only scored one run. But this, uh, this was a bad look. Yeah, let's get that straight. The offense cost them the game. Um, you have to score at least three runs if you want to win, but you have to score more than one run typically. Um, so, yes, I agree with that too. But what are your thoughts on the pulling of Blake Snell super, super early at 73 pitches? Um, okay, it's, it's kind of complicated um, because the analytic data, I'm not sure if anything really supported taking Blake Snell out and putting Nick Anderson in, uh, according to the playoff numbers, if you factor in the season numbers, I mean, Nick Anderson was one of the toughest relievers on right-handed batters the whole year. He only gave up one hit to a righty during the regular season. Um, but this is where, I mean, I love analytics, but this is where I hit the brakes on it. They're an excellent tool. You should use them to build your team and to make most decisions. But when you're in, you know, game six of the World Series, you're in a do or die state. And you see that Blake Snell looks more like the 2018 Cy Young winner than he has the entire year. And throughout the postseason, you've seen your best reliever, Nick Anderson, starting to look mortal. And you pull Snell at 73 pitches because a base runner got on. I mean, there's no saying for sure whether or not Mookie Betts would have hit a double off Blake Snell too. Maybe he was just due. Maybe he was in the zone and he got a good pitch to hit and he does it anyway. But when you look at all the post-game interviews and everyone's saying, oh man, we were so happy to see Blake Snell taken out of the game. I just don't believe that. I, I don't believe that because they hadn't touched Blake Snell all day. The top three guys in the, in the order for the Dodgers were 0 for 6 with six strikeouts against Snell. And because a runner got on and a right-handed batter comes up, Kevin Cash hits Snell with the early hook. And it's just, it's, it was a bad decision. It was the wrong decision. Um, it does not justify the war on analytics that has been going on over the past couple of days. Um, but I mean, it was just, it was plain stupid. Analytics, um, they're, a, like you said, a great, great tool to help build your team. And yes, I do believe some of the decisions should be made by analytics, but just like, I don't know if Kevin Cash is just a big fat liar or he just didn't want anyone else to get the blame, but he said he had a gut feeling. What in your gut tells you that this Blake Snell can't once again get Mookie Betts out? He'd only given up two hits the entire game. 73 pitches. He's gone for far more. I mean, his last outing in the postseason was 88 pitches, at the very least. So you know he can do it. And he looked sharp. The best he's looked all year. 
Exactly. I just, I have a really hard time believing that Kevin Cash, I have a hard time believing Kevin Cash had a gut feeling to take him out. I have a feeling he was going directly from the analytics and he just said, yep, we got to go to the bullpen. We have a strong bullpen. When Nick Anderson is clearly fatigued and clearly not himself. Yeah. And that's, I mean, again, the Dodgers and the Rays, two of the most analytically inclined organizations in baseball. There's a reason they were so good this year. And you just have to remember, and we said the same thing when Aaron Boone did the, the Davey Garcia, J-Hap game two deal. Uh, you have to remember that sometimes you're managing a human being who might be uncomfortable in a certain situation or a reliever who might be a little overtired because of how heavily you've relied upon him. And despite all the success he had, I mean, eventually your arm's going to get tired. Eventually you're not going to be as sharp. And sometimes maybe, maybe you are well rested. Maybe you're ready to go. Sometimes you just don't have it. Sometimes you don't have it that day. Um, so you have to remember that you're managing a human being who is not just a statistic. And when you see a guy like Blake Snell, who didn't have the best year, uh, not the best year of his career, he wasn't bad. Um, but you know, he didn't pitch deep into any games all year, five and two thirds was the deepest he went all year. And, and you see, all right, like this guy has it tonight. The rotation on his fastball is way up. He's getting strike zones above the zone. He's getting strikeouts on the slider. Like he's got all of his pitches working tonight. I don't, I would not take that guy out of the game. I just, I wouldn't have that in me to go out to the mound to get Blake Snell when he's throwing an absolute gem. And I think if, if he faced Mookie and Mookie got on, for whatever reason, a walk, a single, a double, whatever, then I think you can talk about taking him out. You know, he's he's getting into a little bit of trouble. Hits a double, second and third already. So I just, I really don't believe that Kevin Cash had a gut feeling. I feel like he was working the analytics as best he could. And another thing to think about too is this is an elimination game for the Rays. So they, if they didn't win, they're not gonna see tomorrow. So what's your best shot at winning? Putting in a fatigued reliever, wasting all your bullpen arms so that when game seven comes around, you don't have those bullpen arms. Then you're relying on Charlie Morton to give you seven plus innings. Or letting Blake Snell see if he can continue, at least throw 80 pitches, see if he's still working that way. But when a guy is on, he is on, let him stay. It's like the whole Mike Mucina thing when... He yelled at Joe Torrey when Joe Torrey came out of the dugout and tried to take him out. He's like, oh, okay, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, all right, I will stay here. You're right. Uh, listen, if you want me to stay here, you'll stay here. I mean, it, it's a complaint that we've had about Aaron Boone in the past where you feel like he's maybe overmanaging some games. But then last year in the playoffs, you see against the Houston Astros, see, he goes out to get James Paxton. He talks, he doesn't make the move right away. He wants to talk to Paxton. Paxton says, let me go get this guy. He says, all right, Paxton, go get this guy. And he gets the out. And that's a huge out for the Yankees in that game. They go on to win that game. Um, but it's just, I don't, the Rays got to the spot because they did strictly analytics. Every decision they made was backed up by hard, cold facts. And at this point in the season, you can't rely entirely on those stats. Yeah, especially especially in an elimination 
coaching game. You just cannot put that to chance. If your guy is dealing, let him deal until he gets into trouble. I think that's the best way to do it. And you saw when Blake Snell was taken out, he was chirping. He was talking like that guy wanted to stay in the game. He wanted that. He wanted he to stay in, in the for his first start too. He was so mad when they took him out. Oh, it was like four and two thirds or something. They came to get him. Mm-hmm. He was mad yeah. about that too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I don't agree with it. Obviously, it's a big reason why they potentially lost the series, but the Rays' offense was not on par. The only person that was hitting was Randy Rosarina. So, absolutely. This decision is not what lost the Rays the series. It certainly did not help their case. But this is not the, the end, all, end all be all when it comes to looking back and seeing what went wrong in this World Series. Why didn't we win? The Dodgers were clearly the better team. The Rays' offense was pretty much nothing against their starting pitching. Um, and they relied on run prevention the entire, off se- or the entire postseason. Uh, against the Yankees, they didn't score a lot of runs. Against uh, the Blue Jays, they didn't score too many runs. I mean, they just... They were relying very heavily on their pitching staff and their their top bullpen and I, even their defense. I mean, Joey Wendell's defense at third saved games more than once. Um, and you just mm-hmm. – their offense was not good enough. They deserve to lose this series. It doesn't all come down to pulling Blake Snell a little too early, like since we're prone to think because that's the decision we can point to and say that was a mistake and they lost this game. It was an elimination game. So that's the reason. No, they just mm-hmm. didn't score runs. And then they made this stupid, Kevin Cash made this horribly stupid decision. Uh, I'm right back to hating Kevin Cash. I think he's the worst. Um, That's all I got on it. Yeah, no, I think that covers it all. And yeah, I mean, Kevin Cash is meh. Yeah, fuck your stable. I don't know how how else you describe him. I don't know. (laughs) Meh. I don't know. Um, yeah, that decision it definitely did not come from him. It came from it came from a nerd. It came from a nerd that said, "If we get in this situation, this is the move we're going to make, no matter what." Bad move. Bad move. I disagree. Bad move. Um, all right, then let's pivot to some Yankees talks because we haven't done any of we haven't done any Yankees talk yet. Um, not too much news. We have a couple things: uh, Garrett Cole, Gio Urshela, DJ LeMahieu, and Luke Voigt. We're nominated for the all MLB team. Uh, pretty good shot for really all of them to, to make that team. I don't know if, I don't know if Urshela will get it. I think Jose Ramirez probably hasn't beat out. Um, but LeMahieu and Voigt, two of the best hitters in the league. Can't imagine that, that anyone tops them at their respective positions. Uh, Garrett Cole, obviously one of the best starters in the league, had a pretty slow start. Uh, Shane Bieber was better than him during the regular season. But as we proved in the postseason, Garrett Cole might be better. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, I want to add to the news, too. Um, just just one that's not on here because it just happened like, you know, 20 minutes ago. Zach Britton tweeted yes. about the Statue of Liberty. That's all. So absolutely. do that what you will. Yeah, you have to, you have to assume. Back. You have to assume that means he's, he's coming back. Um, as mentioned down here, we have an explanation of the options that the Yankees have to pick up for next year. Uh, Zach Britton, his, his options kind of weird. They have to pick him up through 2022, uh, 13 million for this year and 14 million for next year. If they don't pick up the option, he can either opt out and become a free agent this year, which would not be advisable. That would be super dumb 
given the way that free agency is already going, or he can have $13 million for next season. Um, I would imagine that the Yankees want him back for two years. I imagine they just picked up the option outright. So 2021, 2022, Zach Burton right in the back of the pen. Plus, he's hilarious. So we get to see more hilarious Zach Britton. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that we'll even get that opportunity in spring training. Who knows? Who knows what, what's going to happen? Um, Brett Gardner, $10 million option. There is a $2.5 million buyout. It's kind of tough because you don't know what you can actually re-sign Brett Gardner for. It's basically coming down to simple math. If you can buy him out for $2.5 million and sign him for less than what the $10 million option would be, you're probably going to do that. If you don't think that you can sign him for less than, what is it, $7.5 million, I think that would be the cutoff point. This is not a math podcast. If you don't think you can sign Brett Gardner for one year, $7 million, you're probably just going to pick up the option, eat the $10 million. And Jay Happ, oh, I don't know anything, he, anything about his contract though. situation. Um, yeah, it's, a 17, it's, it's a $17 million option. Uh, it looks like he missed his prorated vesting numbers, but I have no idea how that's going to turn out. I think they have to go to an arbiter to figure out if he gets that option or not. Yeah, I'm not really sure how that one's going to work, but um, yeah, I mean, in terms of Brett Gardner, obviously they're probably going to look to sign him for a cheaper deal if they can retain him, which I'm sure they can retain him. I feel like he's one of those guys that would love to stay with the Yankees, but at the same time, the guy wants to play. So um, we've talked about this before. If Brett Gardner is going to return to the team, it's probably going to be in a secondary role where he can you know, play if someone gets injured, which very well could happen in this outfield, um, but also serve as a pinch runner, pinch hitter, you know, just kind of that utility guy that they can utilize when they need him. Absolutely. I don't see any situation where Brett Gardner is not a member of the 2021 Yankees. Uh, all of that really don't has left to like be that. determined. I, it's the truth. I don't see Brett Gardner going anywhere else. I don't see him retiring yet. It's just how much are we going to have to spend to keep him around? Can we get him for under $10 million option or do we have to buy him out and give him a worse contract? Who knows? Uh, but I would, I would assume that Brett Gardner will be back. He's not going anywhere. Okay. Um, Okay, so speaking of the bullpen, I don't know. I don't know if I added this to the topic list. I just kind of thought of it. Um, but Brad Hand got his option declined today, which is a scathing. okay. So first, first, what are the Indians doing? They're not even trying to get anything for him. No, and and that's a good point. They're not really trying to get anything for him. Uh, Brad Hand is absolutely a tradable asset because he is a finalist for reliever of the year this year. Uh, you can get prospects for that guy, but they outright declined his option um, and he's going to hit the free agent market. It's a scathing representation of where free agency is going to go this year. Uh, yesterday, Colton Wong's option with the St. Louis Cardinals was declined. Uh, that was a $12.5 million option for a pretty productive player, a gold glove caliber player, uh, decent leadoff hitter, not a lot of power. Um, but I mean, he was absolutely worth the $12.5 million. And Brad Hand is 1,000% worth $10 million to play next year. And Cleveland was just like, no, nah, we're not, we're, we don't want to pay that. We, we don't want to do that. 
So just like parting thoughts on this, of course, uh, Brad Hand, first of all, don't think the Yankees are going to make anything splashy this offseason, but could you imagine having Brad Hand in the Yankees bullpen with Zach Britton? I'm just saying, if they can get Brad Hand for like, I don't know, seven, eight million dollars. Again, it depends on how the market works out. So it feels kind of silly to try to put a dollar value on these players uh, with all the uncertainty on how much teams are going to spend this offseason. Like, I mean, who's a lot of people will bid on Brad Hand. He'd probably get a decent contract. Um, but I don't know if you can if you can get him for under ten million dollars under the ten million dollar option that the Indians declined on him. I, I think you I think you have to I think you're you're messing up if you don't take that deal and get him for a under ten million dollar AAV. I'm just shocked that the Indians are not attempting to <laughs> to find a trade partner for him. They could get some pretty decent prospects for him. There are a lot of people that need bullpen help, but the Yankees alas, included, they could have just traded him to us. We would have taken him. We've made trades before. Remember Andrew Miller, you're welcome. I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. Hmm. He'd be, he'd be an interesting and very welcome addition to the bullpen. Uh, I don't, I I didn't see the final payroll number that Steinbrenner is approving for Cashman to work with. Um, So I don't know. We don't know how much money we're going to have to work with and we have to use whatever money we have to re-sign DJ LeMayhew. The fact that that hasn't happened yet is straight up bullshit. Um, But that's going to take a huge chunk out of the free agency pool. I think this is just a thought here. The Cleveland Indians have decided that they are giving up on the Indians and they are going full on Browns right now. So they are going to cheer for the Browns because they can only have one good team in the city at a time. Absolutely. That seems fair because Cleveland's the worst. And I mean, if I was a Cleveland fan, I would be furious, furious for years about the way they're treating Francisco Lindor, who, I mean, he could have been a career Cleveland guy. Like he could have been the face of that city. He should have been. Uh, he should have been. He absolutely should have been. That's a talent that you you have to keep around. And they just openly said, like, there is no chance on the face of the earth we're going to give Francisco Lindor any kind of deal when his time comes. And that's just been the, the case for two years. And once you say that, you have to trade the guy. Uh, you, you have to get right. some value back for him. And they just haven't. Uh, they maybe will this offseason. Uh, maybe they want to hold on to him for one last run at the playoffs. But if you openly say two years ago that you are not going to pay Francisco Lindor and then you just let his contract run up and not get anything for a superstar in return, you you have to tear down the entire organization. It's over. Cleveland baseball is over. Absolutely. This it's so strange. I just don't understand what's going on over there. But you know what? It's not my team, not my problem. So. Not my team, not my problem. Um, okay, maybe the biggest news of the Yankees offseason so far. Uh, Gary Sanchez, Miguel Andujar, and Domingo Herman are going to be playing in the Winter League in the Dominican Republic this winter. Thoughts? Good for Gary Sanchez. Great for Miguel Andujar. I just still don't see Herman in pinstripes. I just don't think that's a good idea. So there. Yeah, I could not care less if we never see Domingo Herman again. Would not even register in my mind. I didn't. I didn't really believe in his success to begin with. 
Because, I mean, you look at the stuff and you look at the numbers, you say it felt like he was kind of outperforming his, his pitch repertoire. And down the second half of the year, you kind of saw him hit a couple speed bumps, give up some more runs. I don't think he is going to be that reliable, you know, team leading and wins type starter. Uh, so I don't care if, if we never bring him back. If we trade him, if we just send him down to the minors forever, don't care. Don't care at all. Well, I'm excited to see Andujar, you know, putting in some work. Uh, we'll see what happens there. And as well as Gary Sanchez, I mean, Gary Sanchez wants to be the guy and he's got to really, really prove himself. I, it's just hard. It's hard right now. Absolutely. 2021 is the year for Gary Sanchez. It is the do or die. Are you a Yankee long-term or are you just going to be a, a perpetual journeyman? Just going wherever guys Please. need a power bat in the backup catcher position. Please tell me 2021 is the year of the Kraken. Just, just let me know. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, this is a concrete step. Get him, get him in the DR, get him against some, some substandard pitching, not major league caliber pitching. Um, just give him a chance to get some confidence back in his swing. I mean, we saw this year he missed on more fastballs than he has in his entire career. And the fastball is his pitch. When he's doing really well, mm -hmm. it's because he's hammering the fastball to all fields, not just pulled home runs. He's hammering it to the right center gap. He's hammering it to the left center gap, down the lines. I mean, Gary Sanders, he can hit to all fields when he's right. And he can hit to all fields with a lot of pop. And it just, I just, he just looked like he didn't even want to be playing baseball this year at, at one point where it was just, it got to be so much to him, the hate he was getting for, for being bad offensively, the hate he was getting bad for being bad defensively. At some point that takes a mental toll on you. And it looked like it was really wearing him down. Well, I mean, it's very possible that he just assumed there wasn't going to be a season because for the longest time, it didn't look like there was going to be. And then once the season came around, he's like, oh, shoot, I got to play again. Well, I should have prepared for this. <laughs> I should have done something. Oh, Gary, Gary. Well, hopefully 2021 is the year of the Kraken. If it is and it starts out strong, we will make t-shirts for it and we will beat Rotoware to the punch. Year of the Kraken, trade trademark, trade, trade marking it right now. Love it. Um, all right, that's all I have for the Yankees. Do you have anything else? Um, yes, I do, actually. Um, so, I don't know if all of, uh, of y'all are watching The Bachelorette. Oh, boy. Just, just briefly. I have to mention this, just briefly. I am convinced that Aaron Judge is on The Bachelorette. I'm convinced that Aaron Judge is Dale. Different personalities, but they look and remind me of each other. And I don't know if I can place it properly or maybe I'm mistaken, I need to know. However, I feel as though Aaron Judge is now starting a TV career and he is on The Bachelorette right this moment. I'd watch the That's hell out of that. If Aaron Judge was on a reality dating show, I would watch the hell out of that. Then we can get him away from this. Do you know who my boyfriend is? Oh, I forgot about that. Oh my God. Do you know sorry, who my sorry. boyfriend is? Sorry, sorry. I hope what she doesn't nightmare. listen to our podcast. I'm sorry. But... Oh my God. And that's, I mean, this is coming from someone who grew up on Long Island, which is the, the center, the capital of the world in people who say, do you know who my dad is? Like, come on, man. <laughs> this guy's saying, do you know who my boyfriend is to get out of drunk driving? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> 
Yeah, but that's all the Yankees news I have. I just thought that needed to be said so I can, you know, figure out. We will clip that. You are clipping that, just so you're aware. You're writing it down, okay, right? Yes, I will. I will clip yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. I will clip that. Yeah, good. good. Um, okay, then. So we'll move on to some MLB wide news. I'm sure Yankees offseason is going to be pretty slow. We're going to have a, a bit of a struggle coming up with topics to talk about. Uh, since they're not really expected to do anything. Um, but MLB wide, I think the most important news of the week is that Rob Manfred says the 2021 season is not looking good. And I don't know if I have it in me emotionally to do this again next year and then again with the CBA the next year. I just don't have that in me emotionally. Okay, so uh, hear me out just for a second. The 2021 season is not looking good. What is he referring to? Is he referring to the CBA? Is he referring to the Players Association? Is he referring to coronavirus? Is he referring to not having fans in the stands? What is he referring to? It is it is the financial impact of not having fans in the stands um, oh. because we as a country did not take coronavirus seriously. So months and months and months later, we're still dealing with the fallout, uh, which should have been handled by now. So there is no guarantee, uh, especially if there is one outcome on Election Day, uh, that coronavirus will be in any way handled by the time major league baseball returns in 2021 and if they can't have fans in the stands we are barreling towards another 60 game season and i just i don't have it in me i can't do this again i can't i just can't do it because this summer was absolutely brutal before the season started even after the season started but before the season started just dealing with the constant well this is our proposal well this is our proposal well your proposal's in bad faith well your proposal's in bad faith i can't do that again and then i can't go the next year to the 2021 when the cba expires and we were we were talking about a labor strike in 2021 for four years four years in advance we knew this was coming and if they strike in 2021 and we get three shortened seasons in a row, I swear to God, I'm going to lose it. Yeah. And here's the other thing too. I mean, if you do another shortened season, sure, you're going to see more teams making it to the playoffs, but you're also going to see a very, very different approach to the free agency market. You are going to find those guys that are good in short spurts and you are going to pick up those guys as opposed to big name free agents, because why would you want to pay a massive amount of money if these guys are going to go for a 60 game season, but statistically and historically go for a two month slump, you know, you're going to get those contact guys. You're going to get those smaller guys that you probably wouldn't get for a 162 game season. So just a thought. Yeah. The, the mid range players are going to suffer big time. I mean, we already talked about Colton Wong and Brad hand, their options were declined. They are going to get less money than they were owed. That's just a, a plain fact. And it's going to happen to a lot of other guys. A guy like Didi Gregorius, who is, I mean, he had a pretty decent year in 2020. Not a bad, not bad at the plate. Uh, defensively, he was a lot worse than Yankees fans previously thought Didi Gregorius was defensively. Uh, turns out his advanced numbers on defense aren't actually that good. Um, but a guy like Didi Gregorius is going to have a really hard time locking down a big contract specifically because teams don't have that much money. 
right. so they're they're taking on debt. Rob Manfred said the league is eight point three billion dollars in debt. Uh, those big contracts are only going to be handed out to the elite of the elite, the guys who you're handing out the six or seven year contract to, who's still going to be on your team once everything returns to the status quo. Um, Didi Gregorius next year is the heaviest shortstop class of the free agent market I think I've ever seen. Uh, so why would a team sign Didi Gregorius to a long-term deal this year? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Right. I would I would sign him to a one-year deal. And because of the free agent market, that one-year deal is going to be a really low AAV and let him enter the market again next year. If I'm the Los Angeles Angels, because they're the, they're the favorites to sign him right now, there is absolutely no chance that I'm not taking – uh, a one-year deal on Didi Gregorius for a low AAV and then pursuing a superstar in 2021, a Carlos Correa, a Corey Seager, a Francisco Lindor. Um, I mean, just this is going to be three years in a row that Didi gets a one-year deal. And it's I, say, I hate it for him because he's such a good guy. And those are the players that are really going to suffer this offseason and next offseason. Yeah. Absolutely. It, you're really not going to see any multi-year contracts unless it's a, a guy like Garrett Cole or, you know, someone huge. Uh, you're just... Which, no, thank you. I don't want to do that again. No. No um, nights off? Like, no nights off. No ever. nights off. It was, it was brutal. Um, but that's, I mean, that's way down the road. Um, Maybe the more pressing concern for me personally is that the universal DH is not a definite for 2021. Uh, the owners and the players agreed to it over the summer when they were, when they were um, trading plans back and forth. But once Rob Manfred had to enact the 60 game season on his own, the universal DH was no longer agreed upon for 2021. And it is now going to become a bargaining chip for the players. Uh, in the CBA. So it's unlikely. I, I mean, I wish it should be likely. It should happen. Um, but it's unlikely that the Universal DH will be in the 2021 season, which sucks. I mean, that's so interesting because, like, I just heard complete silence this season regarding pitchers not hitting. Yeah, nobody was silence. upset about it. Nobody, nobody was upset. Nope. Even the people that were like, I'm going to be upset. And oh, I'm never going to watch baseball again because they're taking all the strategy out of it. Yeah, well, how'd you like uh, Mitch Moreland for the Padres hitting a bunch of doubles? How'd you like Marcelo Zuna for the Braves being an MVP candidate? <laughs> like that, that has such huge ramifications for the league. Uh, the Atlanta Braves would be stupid not to bring Marcelo Zuna back for 2021 and beyond. They should give him a nice contract. But if he can't play DH. What, where are you going to stick him? I mean, he's not bad defensively, but he's not good defensively. And he's getting older. He's going to have to become a DH eventually. And just where are you going to put him? Nowhere. Right. Exactly. It's uh, it's definitely something that uh, would really benefit the game and already has this past season. So I think that it should continue. Just saying. Absolutely. Um. As far as the Mets go, the big news for the Mets, uh, Bill de Blasio holds their fate in his hands like a tiny bird. Um, apparently, he's just having his legal department do due diligence on the lease to ensure that the city's interests in the city field property are protected. 
but reportedly behind closed doors, he's asking his legal department to find literally anything that can stop the sale of the New York Mets to Steve Cohen, who de Blasio does not like. He openly backed A-Rod and J-Lo uh, for, the, for the bids. They went to Cohen. Cohen is going to be fantastic for the game. He's going to be fantastic for the Mets. Um, and it would be the most Mets thing of all time if they lost out on all of that because Bill de Blasio vetoed it. <laughs> I have news for you, my friend. Yes. Do we trust Andy Martino? Mm, let's say yes. Can report the Yankees have exercised Britain's option. Yes. Thank God. Two more years of Zach Britton. Let's go. Good job all around. Two thumbs up, two more years, and more mic'd up videos. Yes. Now go get DJ LeMayhew. Next task. We're on our way. Next task. Actually, that's exactly what someone responded, said, good, now sign DJ. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Mets, the Mets deal might get blocked by Bill de Blasio, who is somehow equally hated by both the Democrats and Republicans of New York city. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anybody more universally hated than Bill de Blasio. And that is not going to get any better if he blocks the savior of the Mets from taking ownership of ownership of the team. I don't pay much attention to the Mets. I probably should, but I just don't. I don't know. There's just so much drama there. They should have their own reality TV show. Absolutely. Um, okay, so Randy Rosarena set the MLB postseason home run record. We're just going to blow through the rest of the news because we are starting to run short of time. Uh, very impressive. Oh, uh, yes. Cardinals wish they hadn't traded him. Uh, openly, the president of baseball ops, John Mosliak, uh, said in the interview that he will own that mistake and that they have to reevaluate the way they uh, uh, rank their players, obviously, because they also traded Luke Voigt to the Yankees for Chase and Shreve and Giovanni Gallegos. <sighs> baseball. Baseball. Um, Tony LaRussa named the manager of the Chicago White Sox, which is going to be a huge, huge storyline to follow because he is super anti-analytics and has expressed some pretty strong opinions about kneeling for the national anthem, which is going to cause friction immediately with a guy like Tim Anderson, who uh, he also hates backflips, by the way, Larissa also hates backflips um, with, with a guy like Tim Anderson, who has very openly supported the Black Lives Matter movement and kneeling for the national anthem and analytics are obviously the way the game is going that's why the two most analytically advanced teams in major league baseball were in the world series against each other this year it's going to be an interesting ride for the chicago white Sox. i'm just really interested in the fact that he is 70 plus years old and super old you know he's going to be <laughs> he's going to be managing all these youngins young bucks there in chicago young bucks um as far as more managerial decisions go, the Detroit Tigers want A.J. Hinch to be their manager going forward. Uh, we hate A.J. Good, Hinch. take him. I don't care. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know about that. I don't know if I want the, the Tigers to take him. I think I'd rather let him stew for a couple more years and really think about what he's done. Uh, we had this conversation in our, in our Slack chat for ESNY about whether or not you blame A.J. Hinch. 
I 1000% blame AJ Hinch. His defense of the sign stealing scandal was I didn't approve of it. I expressed that that one time that I broke the monitor where they were using to steal the signs. I clearly expressed that. That's not really expressing your anger, man. That's you're the manager of the the team. And you have control of the clubhouse. You should be able to be like, yo, this is wrong. Anyone who does this is going to be sat. But no, World Series, super important. So yeah, so either either he has no idea how to get the respect of his players, or he was absolutely complicit in the largest cheating scandal in a hundred years. So not the guy I would tap for manager. Um Speaking of the Yankees having four players nominated for the all MLB team, the Padres had nine, a league leading nine players nominated for the all MLB team. Uh, Good for them. Padres fans are going to have a nice season in 2021. It's going to be a big year for them. Uh, Roberto Osuna was waived by the Houston Astros. Good. I hate that guy. He's the worst. Mm -hmm. And finally last and Definitely not least important, George Springer wants to get the hell out of Houston. Hmm, I wonder why. Wonder why. Uh, Good, I can finally start rooting for George Springer again if he goes somewhere else and tells everybody what the real deal was. Uh, I would like that very much to get the the lowdown from George Springer because he he is a really good player and he's going to get a nice contract. Um, The Mets are early favorites to be associated with him. I can see the Boston Red Sox going after him if they uh, let Jackie Bradley Jr. walk finally. Um, So then I would have to hate him again, but for different reasons. Um, So yeah, the Houston Astros are on the way down. Love to see it. (sighs) I just love watching this dumpster fire just continue to get bigger and bigger. It's just great. Absolutely. Get worse every year. Michael Brantley is also a free agent this year. He's probably going to walk. Justin Verlander out for next year of recovering for Tommy John surgery. So they are not going to be that good next year. And I am very much looking forward to that. Maybe this will finally be the year that the angels can take over that second position in the AL West. Like they should have done this year to keep the Houston Astros out of the playoffs. Do it for Mike Trout. Just do it once for Mike Trout. Once for Mike Trout and make sure Dylan Bundy is not your best pitcher next year and you'll be fine. So that Trevor will Bauer. That's Trevor Bauer. Yeah, that would be a nice ad. Trevor Bauer and Mike Trout, the best player in the league and the best pitcher in the free agent market. One very loud, one very quiet. It'd be an interesting dynamic. That's a buddy cop movie I would watch. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, all right. So that is all the MLB news that I have left uh, since we are running short of time. What do you have? Yeah, I know. We literally covered everything that we could possibly cover. Literally covered it is, everything. It is the off season. Absolutely. Um, okay. So we will see you all next week. Uh, maybe I'll start trying to line up some interviews so we don't have to talk about literally nothing for an hour. I think that would be very <laughs> beneficial. I would agree. Absolutely. All right. So that'll wrap it up. See you next week. Sounds good. Bye everyone. <laughs>